Hey gang, I'm here chiming in at the top of the episode to let you know that this week we have made the executive decision to split the episode into two parts. Um, Much like the fourth Twilight movie, we have decided there's just too much content to cover in one hour, hour and a half episode. We ended up recording about two hours and 18 minutes of rough audio, and usually we cut maybe 15 minutes or so. Uh, So rather than having to cut out a bunch of content and making it really hard to follow along, we decided that we would just split it up into two parts so it was easier to listen to. So that being said, the first episode is this one that you're listening to right now. The second half of the episode is going to be out later this week. So look for it in a few days. It will not throw off the schedule. We will still be covering the same uh, books coming up. So this is just kind of a bonus episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we are continuing our literary submitted unit on gender-swapped fiction, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. gender-swapped retellings, with a very distinct and interesting uh, entry into this this genre. Absolutely. Um, So first, generally, the genre info. Uh, there's not much of it. It's when you do a story, but you switch the genders of one or multiple people. That's, or that's all of them is. except two. Or all two. of them except for six, I think. Oh, six. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, pretty much what it says on the tin. There's not really that much history of it, I don't think, because it is a very, like, modern idea in mm-hmm. terms of, things public domain and things like that Mm -hmm. um i mean you can find some examples in old like oral tradition like there are stories that are basically cinderella but with a boy protagonist and things like that and different yeah of course um like (laughs) that sort of thing in sort of oral tradition uh but generally i think this is kind of a new idea that sort of comes along with the idea of like girls can do anything right mm-hmm. um, and I feel like you see it a lot more in YA too than you do yes. in adult fiction which, yes I think I agree with that yeah because everyone likes a spunky teenage girl doing stuff yes which I mean I think the first one we did was adult so that was I immediately nice. am wrong <laughs> well no, no no I'm just saying I think you're right that overall it's more yeah, prevalent yeah, yeah. in YA uh-huh. um and that kind of brings us to the example we're talking about today, which is, of course, of Life course. and Death Twilight Reimagined by Stephanie Meyer. Oh, my God. Can um, you believe we're doing more Twilight for this podcast? <laughs> We've only done one other Twilight. Yeah, but then we also read Transcendence, and then we also read true. The Mister, and then we've also... <laughs> we've read a lot that is... I just feel like... Tied. Yeah. This is an ever-present <laughs> being. It's a theme. It's a yeah, theme like Ducks theme. on Taskmaster. Yeah. It's, our sub, it's our subtitle for the podcast. Yeah. Sometimes a Twilight podcast. Sometimes a Twilight podcast. <laughs> Occasionally a Twilight podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what is this book? What What is the history of this book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people when this came out were, and I think a lot of the reviews still are like, well, this is just a cash grab. And I kind of don't agree with that. No, yeah, um, I, I'm in the same boat. I don't think so. I, there was a lot of work put into this. There was a lot of work. Was it good work? Mm. <laughs> I actually, I okay, so in her foreword, she says uh-huh. basically she was asked to write something for the 10th anniversary of Twilight, and mm-hmm. she felt 
just doing a letter would be boring, mm-hmm. right? So honestly, props to her. Yeah. For, like the tenth edition was gonna tenth anniversary edition was gonna come out, out no matter what, and she wanted to do a value add that would be a little more worth it, right? Yes. So uh-huh. I feel like that's actually kind of the opposite of cash grab. She yeah. like, really didn't have to do that. I think everyone was um, just salty. It wasn't midnight sun. Everyone was salty. It was it wasn't midnight sun, mm-hmm. and you know. Which, Should why? they have been having red midnight no. sun? No. Probably not. Um, <laughs> but that's that's the genesis of this particular project is that Stephanie Meyer had heard many times over the years that Bella is anti-feminist because mm-hmm. she is a damsel in distress who needs saving. I would argue that that's not actually what anyone has. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of people who have made that argument, but for the most part, that is not what people are talking about when they're talking about how Twilight is anti-feminist. Yeah. It's all of the rest of it. It's um, how this girl has known Edward for like eight months and gets married to him. Yes. At the age of 18. Um, so <laughs> she thought, well, her, her response to that kind of straw man argument of, mm-hmm. oh, someone is saying that she's anti-feminist. It's about of the, the throes of first love in general. Yes. And she, she says, oh, no, it's not that she needs rescuing because she's a girl. It's she needs rescuing because she's a human in a world full of paranormals. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of took that idea and said, what if I switch the genders um, mm-hmm. and did Twilight again, but with all of the genders reversed? Okay, so mm-hmm. you've got the premise. I do want to, I know I'm harping on the forward a lot, but this is it's, it's got a lot of info in it. It's got um, a lot of info. And it's she wrote it's several pages. Several pages. She also provided us with an afterword. She was really just hungry to write she more just, Twilight. Like, yeah, it's just, uh, you think you're going to hear, you wanted a letter, here's a whole ass book. Here's a whole fucking letter. With letters. Um, <laughs> so she, she says in her forward that she does not think that she made many changes due to gender. Um, she said that there is a, uh, a few re- a few changes that were made. She says 5% are gender-related because Bo is a boy. Hmm. 5% is because his personality develops slightly different than Bella's. I would argue that is the same thing. They're both blank self-inserts. Like... They're blank self-inserts, and the reason that is de- he develops slightly different is because he's a boy. Yep. Um, 70% were because she was allowed to do a new editing run 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. I do think this one reads a lot better than the original Twilight did. I'll give it her does, that. But it will be it's... brought into question by me later on. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then 10% are things that she wished she had done the first time around, but hadn't occurred to her. So, okay. Uh, like story tweaks and stuff like that, that don't really relate to gender. Again, I don't find this believable. Um, mm-hmm. 5% are mythology issues and 5% are other. Um, okay. So in I wasn't her keeping opinion, track if that's actually 100. Uh, I did add it up and it is. I okay, checked, good job, Smyers. I checked the math, yeah. Um, Smyers. Uh, so this is, this is what she is considering the breakdown is going into this of the changes that are made. Mm-hmm. We will get into that more. I just wanted it at the top. Um, all that being said, Anna, Mm-hmm. Are we recommending this one? Okay. If if someone came up to you and you and they were like, you have to read a version of Twilight, just Twilight, none of the rest of the books, you have to read a version of Twilight. Um, you get to pick which one. Mm-hmm. I would say this one over the other two. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. This is the best version of Twilight. Yes, which is like I a agree. High bar, but it's the best version of Twilight mm-hmm. for several reasons. Yes, uh, mostly because the spider monkey thing is so much funnier in this in this version to me. I I was laughing forever when I listened to that part of the book. Um, <laughs> I think I think if you're going to read a vampire novel, 
you can skip Twilight, where Twilight had its moment in the sun, uh, and you know what? It got a lot of it got a lot of in young the adults reading. Sun. Yeah, and it's time in the midnight sun, and now we can be we can move on as a society from Twilight. Enjoy the movies and all their campiness, uh, but we don't need to do the books anymore. But like I said, if someone is someone is saying like you have to read a version of Twilight, or I'm going to take your dog or cat or other beloved thing from your life, and you'll never see them again, read this one. <laughs> um, yes, I 100% agree. I think this is by far the definitive Twilight. Yes, I think I would. I would really enjoy. I would read the next three books in the series if she wrote them from Bo's perspective. I don't know if I would go that far because I don't know what the point would be if anything. After she's this made. Book. She's made some big leaps. Some so big I would. I here. would read three more books of that because that's absolutely <laughs> bonkers what she does at the end of this book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would add that I think that this was for me one of the most fascinating reads that I've had in a long time. Mm. And that was because I did have the 10th anniversary edition that had Twilight and Midnight, or not Midnight Sun, Twilight and uh, Life and Death Death Mm. bound up as one. So I was able to pretty easily flip between the two in my Kindle Uh to compare. Um, And it was was fascinating for me as like a person interested in gender and what uh, the ways that we construct certain things Mm. says about gender. Like it was, it's, wild the choices she makes in this book in an attempt to be non-sexist or to prove that she's not sexist Mm. like the things that do change and this is why i was bringing up the percentage things yes like the things that change in this book because the ending very different everything up to the ending pretty much exactly the same a lot of it is copy pasted exactly from twilight Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. some of the bits are cleaned up and the descriptions are a little bit different and things like that but overall like most of the beats are in the same order with some very interesting exceptions. And okay. I am fascinated to talk about them. And I'm so sorry to everyone that this is just going to be me geeking out about gender and Twilight Love for that. two hours. Um, when you, how many times do you think you've read the original Twilight? Um, you know, that's a good question. We know that I was a Twilight girl. Yeah, we came up in the, in the Twilight years. Like, that's yes. fine. and I was a We're patient allowed. zero at my high school. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I got all of my friends into She brought Twilight. Twilight to the masses. I brought Twilight to the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I think I've mentioned before on this podcast, I famously did not read Twilight first. Not famously. Mm-hmm. We're not famous. But I did not read Twilight first. Yes, you read the I second read book. I read the second book first, and I preferred that one Wild to Twilight. But, I, like, I feel like I must have read it a decent amount because... It was so memorable. Even like a lot of the things I would be reading and be like, I don't think this is exactly what it said in the original and I'd go look and I would be right. So I <laughs> have I have a, a big chunk of Lasting my brain impression. dedicated to this book, which is upsetting for a variety of reasons. Yeah. I also just you don't, don't know if it's Which book necess- is like that for you. Right? It just happens. <laughs> it happened to be Twilight. <laughs> I don't know if necessarily it's that I've read Twilight so much as it is that I read it like... A few times, which was how I read most books in high school. Like, uh-huh. I'd give them, like, a reread every few months. Um, uh, not every few months. That sounds, like, That maybe sounds twice. more obsessive than I think you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe, like, like books that were on my, like, top books reread list. Yeah. Probably, like, twice a year, maybe. Yeah. Um, to once a year for yeah. a few years, right? Uh-huh. So, like, I don't... I don't think I read it that many times. I think I was just at that age where this shit sticks. Your yeah. Your brain yeah. is made of putty and you put whatever in it and it you know absolutely newspapers its way out you know like Mm -hmm. uh wild um because yeah yeah, I was kind of upset with how much stuff I like recognized as I was reading it Mm. it was (laughs) concerning (laughs) 
I uh, I really enjoy the relationship that I have with the Twilight series, which is uh-huh. I read Twilight, the original Twilight book, one book, uh, in like 2007, whenever it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I didn't read any more until this podcast. I did read Midnight Sun. Mm-hmm. And then I read and then I watched the first movie and I was like, this is hilarious. I love it. I do like the first movie. And then I read this. And I think that's good for me. I like yeah. that. I like the mysteriousness of it all. I like uh, I like how I've only I've mostly interacted with this series from the male main character's perspective that's very yeah, fun that's for me <laughs> interesting and i never want to read a the next three books book. yeah <laughs> the, that classic boys adventure series twilight <laughs> that, yeah it is we definitely have two very different perspectives here <laughs> so for me like i there definitely there are things like so so the lamb fell in love with the lion or whatever you know that right, lion yeah. the spider monkey thing she doesn't say spider monkey unless i don't think um I don't the think baseball she, scene I, don't think he said it in the original book either. I think mm, that just was the a movie. movie specific thing. I could be wrong on that. Robert Pattinson, why did you give us Spider Monkey? Listen, Robert Pattinson was under Robert Pattinson stress. knew he was in some, some questionable movies. He's like, I'm going to have as much fun with this as I can. And I respect that fully. Uh, he's just yeah, a, there's, there are no search results for Spider Monkey. Incredible. Yeah, he's just a weird guy. And I, I love that for him. The baseball scene, obviously very memorable. And then like how it all wraps up. Um, like I've got, I've got like the important beats. Uh, unfortunately yeah. those all happen in like the last third of the yeah. book. The rest of it is just pining and questioning and confusing and like. This is a famous fact about Twilight is yep. that there is 60% no plot. Um, mm-hmm. just feelings. I it's not am... even vibes. It's just feelings. It is. It's just feelings. And mm-hmm. it's really a lot of teenage girl being teenage girl and I guess maybe that's also why I preferred this is because it was at least like interesting to me as an adult woman to mm-hmm. like be in the headspace of a teenage boy, which I haven't done. And not saying that <laughs> that Smyer did that perfectly, but like, you know, it was at least a little bit of a shakeup from. Yeah. The... There wasn't any moments where I was like, this doesn't read like not a boy, I guess. Like, yeah, there were. I don't think there were. And I think. If anything, she overcorrected. I think so, too. I think there were, which gets into some of the stuff I was referring to about, like, the comparisons. You mean when when Edith straight up just says, you should uh, ignore those gender stereotypes, Bo. I I was not referring to that. Um, That, that Edith looked directly at the reader and said, Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, got to respect the hustle, Smyer. She came out of the book and closed it and then picked it up and hit you with it. Yeah. That's what happened. like, do you get it? She's like, do you get it, though? Gender stereotypes don't matter. And I'm like, well, hold up, Smyer, because there are quite a few. Are you sure they don't matter? Because you really leaned into some. You really are making some changes that are very interesting considering. I am sad to see the khaki skirt go. (laughs) Neither character wore a khaki skirt. It's really sad. Iconic look. Yeah, the church girl core was really missing from this. God. The the (laughs) speaking of church girl girl core, I Uh found that her Mormonism really shined through in this book. Mm. The uh, all of the drug alcohol stuff. Oh yeah. That had always kind of been been in Twilight, like the whole the famous "you are my favorite brand of heroin" thing, which mm-hmm. everybody's like, "What the fuck are you even talking about?" Um, but there were there was a few more. It's interesting the ways that her attitudes towards I I mean again I'm kind of pre- like guessing here, piecing things together, but mm-hmm. the way that alcohol and drugs are treated in this book is very in line with Mormon teachings on alcohol and drugs, and I felt like. 
they got brought up more hmm. in a very interesting way. And I'm looking forward to talking about that. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, but before we talk about that, let's talk about what else we've been reading and yeah. or listening to and or doing and or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So first off, we wanted to actually talk about something that we've been listening to recently, um, mm-hmm. which is a podcast uh, called Band Camp. That's B-A-N-N-E-D as in like books that are band banned. books, but also it's a fun uh-huh. pun because like band. Yeah, I like it. I dig it. It's good. Um, yeah, they, they have this really fun podcast where they, um, take a look at, uh, classic books that have been banned throughout, throughout time. And, um, they, they read a chapter of the book aloud every episode and comment on it and try and figure out kind of like, why was this, uh, book banned in the first place and also make it funny. They, um, they do their little riffs. I love their podcast. They like do cutaways to like clips from other podcasts, like very professional stuff that we (laughs) We simply are not. (laughs) They're like a real good podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, they've already done, uh, all of To Kill a Mockingbird and Fahrenheit 451 and they're about to start their new season um i think this tuesday mm-hmm. right like tomorrow when this episode goes out is that right that is that i yeah? believe so either that or it has started recently yeah, um, and they're covering mm-hmm. uh, the outsiders right now which i mm-hmm, by hadn't Hinton. actually read before so i'm looking forward to uh Ooh. listening along with them yeah, I don't think I've read that since I was in like sixth grade. Maybe all I remember is the classic like Stay Golden yeah, Pony yeah. Boy. I don't, yeah, I have no idea why that book would have been banned. So I guess we'll be finding out with uh, Jen and Dan, who, by the way, are the hosts of this podcast. So yeah, please check them out. They are so much fun. And if you like what we do, where we just like dunk mm-hmm. on books, maybe you want to actually like yeah. learn about the books instead. Go to them, <laughs> they will educate and entertain. <laughs> Okay, so what else have you been consuming media-wise? Media-wise, let's see. I've started and stopped several things. I'm, like, going on a DNF spree right now Mm. because I am trying to get through uh, more of, like, my physical TBR. Of course, we've got the um, Stuff Your Kindle Day, so I've been, like, trying to clear out some Kindle back reads, too. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what I own or, uh, you know, have purchased in the past are things I am no longer interested in. So it's been kind of like I give it, like, you know, 50 pages and then dump it if I'm not enjoying it or less, depending on uh, how bad it is. Um, Selective. I'm trying to be Reader. good about it. I'm trying to be good about it. You know, it's it's just one of those things. Um, anyway, but I did read one book. Um, right. <laughs> I did. I did start and finish one book. I read very popular right now. Very mixed opinion. Also, um, I'll just say up front, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Assistant to the Villain by Hannah Nicole Mayer. But so she she wrote this series of books based on uh, TikTok skits, which I know some of you hear that and you're like, ew, no, thank you. But I enjoy them because they tell the story of like the sunshiny uh, assistant, personal assistant to a villain. And obviously like it's a he fell first situation and she's completely oblivious. Oh. And they're very cute skits. I thought if you, I liked those. So I thought the book very much reflected the feeling of those skits and I very much enjoyed the book it was cute uh it was a debut novel so you know like the writing is it's it's readable but it's not the the best but it was fun and that's all I super cared about a lot of people online are complaining about um the the writing and just like being disappointed by it and I think there are some rumors about I don't want to like allegedly there are rumors that the publisher um maybe uh boosts the ratings and reviews a little bit on different Ah. social medias so you know whatever 
I had fun, and that's all I care about. <laughs> and I will say, as far as inspos go, I would prefer a TikTok inspo to yet another Raylo fic. Um, I think Why are... not both? Why can't we have both? <laughs> so, I grow so weary. And it's it's so weird because I don't hate Raylo. I just yeah. I'm so tired of everything being Raylo. Well, anyway. I, just a spoiler alert, my next book recommendation for oh this podcast God. is probably going to be the Raylo one that's coming oh out in October. God, so just Anna. be ready. <laughs> you know what it's just like it's just like fanfic sometimes it's just comfort to know exactly what you're going to be getting this is true mm-hmm. this is true speaking of comfort yeah. to know what exactly you what you're going to be getting. <laughs> yeah what trash did you read let's so, hear okay. it so i've got a few different ones um uh the one that i'm referring to with that is uh i did start ice planet barbarians um <laughs> i am how far how far um, okay, I haven't gotten much farther than the last time I talked to you. Uh-huh. Uh, let me pull up the full list. I'm currently, so... She's so on a timeline, folks. Can, I'm on a timeline. I've I'm got a free month of Kindle Unlimited. I'm trying to get through it. Like, I realized about halfway through that month that I that these were on it, and I was like, let's see if I can do it. And I didn't realize how many there were when I started, <laughs> and now I'm in too deep. Um, I'm only committing for all you ice heads out there stop I'm only <laughs> ice i don't know i don't know what they call themselves um, i'm only committing to the original ice planet barbarian series and the ice home spinoff series i'm not fucking with risdiverse or the corsair stuff yet um yet, i yet. don't have time you heard that, don't get at me yet um but i have gotten to number uh there's 39 in those two series not including like novellas and short stories mm-hmm. um I've gotten Ruby to Dixon n- is doing some work. I'll Ruby tell you Dixon what. is who she Cause, is. Like, when did the first book come out? Like it was, it was like pre-pandemic maybe, but not by much. No, it was earlier than that. I think oh, it okay. just got hot during the pandemic. Okay. I believe it was like mid 2010s, but in any case, there's, there's 39 books. And 2015 okay yeah yeah so i mean she's still, she's been writing for a while okay yeah. i was thinking this is the past four years she's just exploded but no, no, yeah no. she's she just got popular mm-hmm. um i'm currently on number i'm going through and reading the reviews because i i read the first book and it was fine but like i told em like i read it too soon after we read uh clan of the cave bear and i was like i can't do this so i had to i had to peace out uh but so many of the reviews for this book are i don't want to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, same. Um, I'm on number eight of the Ice Home series, which puts me at having just finished number 20 of the Ice Planet Barbarian series. So mm. I've mm-hmm. read 27 overall. You're Plus, getting close. You're I'm almost so there. I'm so close. I'm almost there. That's less than, um, no, that's 12 more, right? You said 39? Yes. Okay. So I, I think I can do it. I just got to power through. Um, I did also read, so I don't know. I don't know if I'd recommend it. I'm having a lot of fun, I think, at this point, but I don't know. Because I just it's don't just know. bonkers. It's bonkers. Um, it is also like some of them are genuinely cute. I have enjoyed them as romances, but also like the overall plot is wild. I was not <laughs> expecting it to be as wild as it was. Um, I also read a couple of comics slash graphic novels. Uh-huh. Um, I started or no, I finished the first issue of The Hunger and the Dusk, which is a new series, um, I think, from IDW. Uh, and that is by G. Willow Wilson and artist Christian Wild Goose. And it's like a D&D sort of high fantasy world where there's like orcs and humans and they're fighting. But then like a big scary third thing shows up and there's they got a no. band together. Um, so it's, it's good so far. It's only the one issue. And then I also read um, The Night Eater, She Eats the Night by uh, 
<laughs> the Night Eaters colon. Colon. She eats, she the eats night my, Yeah, I, I imagine. Yeah. Um, which is by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. Um, who I think I've recommended did Sana they... Takeda before. Yeah, she's I was on Monstrous. I did the first also. offer. Yeah, Monstrous was what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I really like that art style that is used. Uh, and it is about a pair, it's a family of uh, two immigrants and their kids, their twin adult kids, um, and the house across the street from them is like spooky, scary murder house, mm. and the mom of the family is like obsessed with getting it cleaned out, basically. Um, and then the kids, she kind of like ropes the kids into doing it, and there are other things at play and it's it's very like the way it unfolds is very uh cool and interesting and it's the first of a trilogy and i think the second one is coming out like this fall and i'm looking forward to reading it um i don't want to give too much away it is pretty horror-y a lot of gore stuff so if you don't mm. like that you know steer clear but perfect I, for spooky season if you perfect are for into spooky it. season yes and then i also started listening to the second uh, lady sherlock but i haven't gotten super far into oh, it but it's good know, so far it's good yeah. Okay, that's all I've done. I'm waiting for the third one. My library said eight weeks. I was like, please, Ugh. please, people in front of me, read faster. Read faster. Listen I can't. faster. Put it on that 3X. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <sighs> all right. All right. Well, let's talk about Twilight again, guys. Yeah. We're already 25 minutes into this episode. Yeah. I'm not going to go super in-depth into the pot because you can go back and listen to our Midnight Sun episode, I feel like. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll hit the I highlights. I going to go super in-depth into literally everything okay so be prepared be prepared um we start out okay so here's the thing so here's we start the th- out with the forward first off <laughs> we already talked about the forward no but there's another part of the there's more there's more um, so also, this book begins with the forward from smire <laughs> in it she explains some of the choices that she made and mm-hmm. one of those choices is that she decided to not switch to genders of specific characters and some of those characters not super interesting to me if you are a twilight person it's the Volturi. she decides not to switch their genders and just have it so that the girls found out what the boys were up to and killed the boys instead of the other way around okay cool the other one is that she decided to not switch the genders of bella slash bo's parents mm-hmm. and the reason she gives for this is that it wouldn't make sense this is a book about vampires this is a book about vampires this is a book this is about a fantasy vampires. book about it vampires. wouldn't make sense if in the 80s, when Bo Bella was born, full custody had gone to the father instead of the mother because men were not granted, were rarely granted full custody at the time. Mm. So we're starting off strong here with a MRA talking point because even in the 80s, I did check, I fact checked this shit. Even in the 80s, yes, women were more likely to be the primary custody of their children, to have primary custody. Yes. Because men don't fucking ask for it. Mm -hmm, Even mm -hmm, in mm the 80s, when men ask for custody, over 90% of the time, they get between half and full custody. This is not, this is, even in cases of abuse, as long as the abuse was not the child, and even then sometimes they'll say it's parental alienation, but even in (sighs) cases of abuse, men are not less likely to receive full custody 
when they ask for it. This they're is an MRA talking point. They're not as invested in their children's lives. They're not as invested in their children's lives. Or what is implied in this book, uh, they feel like that the woman would fall apart without their child because mm. that's the setup that we're given here. Yes. And I couldn't remember what the setup was for Bella and her mom, if it was very similar, like the parentification of this child. Well, I'm glad you asked because I Thank did you. highlight. You're um, welcome. <laughs> so there is uh, a slight difference. Uh, Bella is very parentified by Renee in the original as well. Uh-huh. But they make it very explicit in this book. Like in this that's truly like this in woman this version, cannot live without some kind of man in her life. This is the line that is uh, said in chapter one. Mm-hmm. We both understood that mm-hmm. this question wasn't about my own personal happiness. It was about whether I was shirking my responsibility to look after her. This was the reason Charlie never fought mom about custody. He knew she needed me. That's wild. That is That is wild. 100% the reason to fight for custody. Like That is 100% bad news bears if your child your newborn child because like they split when bella was an itty bitty child right yes. like that is fucking insane to be like well she really needs a kid to take care of her because that's what it is right it's mm-hmm. not like it could have been played as like she is just like overprotective doting mother who like needs to put all of her energy into something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's not what it is it's like he has to do the bills he has to like cook yeah. he has to like he's a little this was, it says, and I've been taking care of my mom for my whole life. I mean, I'm sure there must have been a time, probably when I was still in diapers, that I wasn't in charge of the bills and paperwork and cooking and general level, level-headedness, but I couldn't remember. It was leaving my mom to fend for herself really the right thing to do. Wild. 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 So we've got that. I also want to make note in this. So, again, plot-wise, Bo shows up to... <laughs> Bo moves Forks. in with Charlie because mom got a new husband. Mom got a new man and is she going wants to travel with him. With him. Yeah. yeah, but also in terms of differences, an important one is planted here. Uh, they run into a couple at the airport, and the girl, like I think Bo bumps into one of them, and it gets kind of like almost to a fight. But then the girl notices that is there with with the boyfriend notices that Charlie is a cop and is like calm down calm down calm down okay mm. so just keep that because that's gonna come back later does it yes it does oh yes it does import whatever yes. oh that's the same people uh the girl is yes how does she fucking remember okay because that's why she's like i've seen him with his partner yeah why does why does it yeah that's what that was how did that's she remember that a great question it was months later a great question oh my god Okay. So let's just talk about it now. So, <laughs> so later, yeah. So yeah, what happens between now and then? Not really much of anything. Bo is adjusting to life in a small town from Phoenix, Arizona, and he doesn't like it because it rains. It's never sunny. It's kind of chilly out, and all the people are really lame except for the beautiful, perfect Cullen family. Uh, who in this book, to give some names, we've got. Oh yeah, because I could not remember what everyone was supposed to be. Yes, Edith is Edward. Yeah. So that is the love interest. Uh-huh. Uh Royal is Rosalie, which is the cold, bitchy blonde in the okay. original. Um, very different vibes in this book. Very unfortunate vibes due to the gender swap. Mm. Jessamine is... Uh, Jasper. Jasper, the Confederate Jasper soldier. Jasper with the eyes. Jasper with the eyes, the Confederate soldier. She is <laughs> not a Confederate soldier in this book. Thanks, Smire. Could have made it a little bit better. I will get into that when we get into that. Um, but, you know, pin in that. And then Alice is 
Archie. Archie. Yeah. Uh, Esme, who is the mom of the vampires, is Ernest. Ernest. And, yep. And Carlisle is Corrine. Mm-hmm. So there's there's your names. We're all on the same page. Yes. Um, I will also note in this intro to the... Uh, this is one of the things where I'm like kind of side-eyeing the... Oh, I got to change, you know, stuff that I would have edited or stuff that I would have liked to, you know, do whatever. Because uh-huh. I think she would say that this is one of those things. Because in this introduction, it's so much more in depth about what the Collins and Hales look like, right? It like really goes into their appearance. And uh-huh. there's a couple of things at play here. And I'm I'm sorry this episode is going to be all over the place, but I just have so much to talk about. Archie's got um, Archie's got a shaved head for one. Archie's got a shaved head, which is. Alice also had notably like short spiky hair. Yeah, which but is... it was a very notable hairstyle. Yes. Um, but the in the original, it's basically like one paragraph where she's like, they don't look anything alike. Here, one is blonde, one has bronze hair, one has brown hair, one has red hair, one, you know, like basically. One is a like, Confederate soldier. One is a Confederate soldier. Um, <laughs> in this, each Colin gets kind of a paragraph. Mm. explaining what they look like and the problem here is it's interesting so they you could look at this and say like okay maybe the reason Smire changed this is because she just thought that there wasn't enough about their looks at this beginning part and it's it's not like it's not poorly written I mean you know it's Smire level but you know it's not like terribly written description of their look she uses Mm -hmm. some metaphors she uses some like cool descriptors yes we're a step up from fanfic yeah but okay so maybe it's just she wanted to talk about how they looked more earlier on maybe option two i believe some people have rightly pointed out that when she says they don't look anything alike this is nonsense because it is a group of five white teenagers Mm -hmm. who all have the same skin and eye color yes and maybe she was like, no, 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 no. Really, they do look very different. They're like different builds, this and that. Yeah, some are tall and some are short. Some are you tall, never some get are that small. in families. You never get that in families. It's impossible. They're all related. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe. The, sort of hand waving the fact that she could have made one of them not white, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would be way too radical for Smire. Come on now. The third possibility and I don't think this is as much possibility as it is just like an unfortunate side effect is that because she spends so much time discussing the looks in this one where there are three girls and two boys versus the last one where there were Mm. three boys and two girls is that we do have several paragraphs and it's not sleazy necessarily but it is several paragraphs about the appearance of these hot hot hottie girl vampires right yes and then this is further made an issue by the fact that Smyre really said no homo because <laughs> in the in the original version Bella is describing them and she says I can't decide who is more attractive I think it's probably she doesn't know their names at this point but either Rosalie or Edward right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's like these two are the hottest in this version, Bo says, I think Edith is most attractive, although I'm sure the girls at the school would vote for Royal. Because boys can't notice that other boys, boys are yeah, attractive. Absolutely not. And Can this you imagine? is like continued throughout this book, right? Because like Bella constantly, and this is why Bella had a lot of people saying, Bella, I think you might be a little bit 
in a lavender haze here. Um, <laughs> people were like, uh, or Bella's constantly like, they're so pretty, they're so beautiful, they're so this, they're so that. Yeah, and yeah. we don't get that from... Bo has eyes for one Bo, vampire and one vampire only. But he will comment on other beautiful women. Yeah. He does, he does make gender appear like he's not into them but he is like they are beautiful right yeah. mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. doesn't do that about any of the guys. my hot friend jeremy <laughs> he will he will say like as a group they're attractive and he'll say the girls individually are attractive but he will not say anything like about the boys appearance being beautiful is, or handsome yes which is so no homo i'm mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. gang He's not allowed to come at, comment on the attractiveness levels of anyone else except for the Absolutely one he not. is devoted to. Absolutely. And certainly not any men. And certainly not any men. Gay. That would be it's way too It's not gay when women do it, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not gay, certainly. Yeah. No. But because women, as women, mm-hmm. we always have to compare ourselves to other women and right, know exactly. our place in the hierarchy based on exactly. how beautiful we are. And I'm sure you're mm-hmm. all wondering while I'm talking about this and the way that people are uh, described by appearance, I'm sure you're all wondering how do Bo and Bella compare in that regard when we mm. are introduced to them? How do they describe Bo? We get like no description of. Uh huh. So I've I've until the, the end of, of the book. I've taken we're... the liberty of uh, highlighting a, a couple okay. passages here, and they are at the same point in both books. From Bella's perspective, maybe if I looked like a girl from Phoenix, should I could work this to my advantage? But physically, I'd never fit in anywhere. I should be tan, sporty, blonde, a volleyball player or a cheerleader, perhaps, Mm. all the things that go with living in the Valley of the Sun. Instead, I was ivory-skinned, without even the excuse of blue eyes or red hair, despite the constant sunshine. I had always been been slender, but soft somehow, obviously not an athlete. I didn't have the necessary hand-eye coordination to play sports without humiliating myself and harming both myself and anyone else. Classic clumsy girl doesn't know she's beautiful. Classic. Now, same exact passage from Bo's perspective. Hmm. Same same point in the book where they're describing Forks High School and like what if I f- do will I fit in or whatever. Maybe if I had been one of the cool kids, I could make this work for me. Come in all popular homecoming king style. But there was no hiding the fact that I was not that guy. Not the football star, not the class president, not the bad boy on the motorcycle. I was the kid who looked like he should be good at basketball until I started walking. The kid who got shoved into lockers until I'd suddenly shot up eight inches sophomore year. The kid who was too quiet and too pale, who didn't know anything about gaming or cars or baseball statistics or anything else I was supposed to be into. Literally. Learning nothing about an appearance. Nothing about his appearance except that he's pale. Uh, so what is supposed to matter to women and what is supposed to matter to men, according to Smire? What are we taking stock of as a male? And again, it's kind of unfortunate because you could look at that and say, you know what? That first description of Bella got a lot of heat for it basically being the cliched, I was, uh, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and here are the things, you yeah. know, like it's. I'm actually it's, very stereotypically beautiful. Right. I just, you know, I'm clumsy. <laughs> And like the the taking stock of like this is my hair color, this is my eye color sort of yes. thing. So maybe best case, she was like that was clunky when I wrote it the first time. I don't want to do that again. But unfortunately, the side effect is in the girl version, Bella is sitting there telling us how she's uh, just kind of soft and not not muscly, and Bo is sitting there talking about what he isn't isn't interested in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wild. <laughs> I did not even know. So. The, the entire book, the, we have several different girls at the school all, like, just really dying for Bo's attention, right? Mm-hmm. Because, of course, he's, like, a small town, the new guy. He's, he's you know, fresh meat, so to speak. And he's tall. And he's tall. You know so you and know. that's all girls care about. Yeah. 
But we don't find out until the very end of the book when Edith is finally like, all the girls love your eyes, your big, beautiful blue eyes. And you're like, wow, I, that is the first thing I've learned about Bo's appearance. I think <laughs> we do know he has blue eyes earlier. Oh, do we? Yeah, I think so because he says he has Renee's. Uh, this is actually, I don't know if we know that they're blue. You just know he has Renee's eyes. He does eyes. say he has Renee's eyes. And it's interesting because Bella has Charlie's eyes. Like that, mm, it's, it's to flip flop that, it. that line is switched. And does she, so does she think eye color work? Is it like the, you know, when you're a kid and you think like all cats are girls and all dogs yes, are boys? Yes, uh-huh, absolutely. All like blue that, eyes is are. Is it one of those <laughs> yeah. sort of things where it's like, oh, you get your eyes from your opposite gender parents? Like that's not, that's not anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> blue eyes are, blue eyes are for boys and brown eyes are for girls. Like. Sorry, that's how it works. Weird. I don't get it. Anyway. Don't, yeah. And we also didn't get, I thought it was interesting, we also didn't get a lot of description, because I do remember from the books, like, how smart Bella is. Like, she's supposed to be mm-hmm. so, so, so smart, you know. But in this one, we don't get that from Bo, and he's just, it, we get more of, like, the, here's all the times I tripped and fell on my ass, like. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if that like, was supposed to make him likable or what. <laughs> I feel like that might. So in the original, a lot of the times that Bella is talking about how smart she is, mm is like she doesn't say that she's smart right yeah she, everyone else says it about her everybody else says it about her and i feel like most of the times it comes up is when she is like ahead of a class mm-hmm. right like that's generally which really like isn't an intelligence thing it's just she happened to have she already to learned in. it yeah right and i think both that does happen in this book too it's just not commented on yeah you know so it's like this weird thing of, I guess, boys are expected to be They don't smart, have to maybe? try as hard I don't to be know. impressive. It's kind of like the, the feeling that I got is like, oh, you know, he's a tall man. That's all he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bella has mm-hmm. to be both beautiful and smart and mm-hmm. clumsy in order for anyone yeah. to love her. <laughs> yeah. So I also wanted, I wanted to talk about the social dynamics of the non-Colin students here. Too. Yeah. So uh, do we want to just like give a rundown real quick of like... This is how the school the, were the friends. Yeah, the basic like plot involving that side of things, like the non-vampire side of things. Yeah, the plot of the non-vampire things is that there are several dances that are going to be happening at the school. One in which girls can invite boys, uh, and then the prom. And all the mm-hmm. girls keep asking Bo to go, and he keeps being very grumpy about being asked because he doesn't do dances. Mm. And uh, that's the plot. <laughs> So here's here's the interesting part of this. It's not the plot. It's how this compares to the other version, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. In this version, we have several instances where scenes that happened between Bella and her female friends in terms of, like, relaying information mm-hmm. or, you know. The whole dress shopping scene was missing. The whole dress shopping scene got changed, and that's one of the main ones I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't actually missing. It was just it was, a corsage and it was over real quick. No, no. Oh. The discussion they have wasn't missing. Oh. It was later in the book, but it wasn't between Bo and uh, the Jessica character. Jeremy. Whose name is Jeremy, yes. Yeah. It was between Bo and Michaela, who is the Mike and Newton character. Yes, who so really again, wants to date Bo. Who really wants to date Bo, but Michaela is the one who tells Bo, hey, the reason that Logan doesn't like you mm-hmm. is because Logan wants to date Taylor, uh, uh, Taylor um, who is into you, right? Yeah. And Bo, in, in the original version, what happened here was Jessica tells that same information. Mm-hmm. So what's happened here is that 
we are to understand that teenage boys would not gossip. Bro that code, is, man, bro code. It's, it's not even, it's that <laughs> Stephanie Meyer cannot think of a world in which teenage boys discuss these things. Talk about feelings. Because or talking about emotions and feelings are girl things. Yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's wild. I'm like, and that's that's not something I, there is absolutely no way that that fits into any of the other, this should have been this camps, right? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. That's not a change that is needed because it cleans it up. That makes it messier, yes, right? Uh-huh. Because it's much it later to, in the book, too. It's much later in the book. It's not um, her editing things so it runs better because it's a fully different scene that happens at a different point in the book. It's just covering the same information. And it's not like a mythology thing or anything like that. It's literally the only reason that that got changed is because of gender, because Bo cannot be gossiping with the boys. He has to hear it from Michaela, Michaela, who's one of the girls. A catty girl. It's wild. I'm like, girl, do you not see how this is sexist? How does this scene go? Okay, so so, um, basically what happens is Bo... Um, he, Michaela is like the number one out for his attention and she's like basically acting like he's her boyfriend already and mm-hmm. he does eventually let her down by quote unquote breaking the bro code and telling her that Jeremy is actually into her and so she starts dating Jeremy instead and he's like got, got rid of one of them okay uh, and this whole thing about Jeremy is just something he's intuited because of course guys never talk about their feelings with each other right so he tells this to Michaela and she in turn is like hey Taylor thinks that you're gonna go to prom with her because there was a scene earlier in the book where basically she is yakking at Bo. And I say that it sounds very mean. She's yakking at Bo and he's not paying attention because he can only he can only pay attention to Edith when Edith is in the room. So he's just like looking at her and Taylor's like, will you go to the dance with me? And he's like, nah, I'm not going to that dance. I'm going to be out of town. And she goes, oh, that's too bad. Maybe we can do something for prom. He's like, yeah, sure, 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 whatever. And so she's like, I'm going to prom with Bo now in her head and she gets a dress and everything, whatever. So Michaela tells Bo all of this. And in order to let her down gently, Bo stages this very public scene in the cafeteria where he's like, Taylor, you harlot, stop playing with my feelings and trying to make Logan jealous by asking me to prom and blah, 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 blah. And then he like storms out and Taylor's all like, ooh, I'm hot shit now and I don't know why. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and then she and Logan end up together, I probably... Um, does, how does that happen in the original? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in the original, um, I believe that she knows that Jessica likes Mike because yes. of some mind reading bullshit. Mm-hmm, of course. Um, no, no, she wouldn't know that at that point. I think she intuits it too, but it's more like through them talking about like stuff. More with Jessica being like, so if there was any guy I would date in the school, it would be Mike. It would be Mike, yeah. <laughs> um, but she, uh, she tells... Jessica, I think, that she doesn't like Mike. And I think that that relationship is pretty much the same. She does go to Mike and say basically the same stuff that uh, Bo says to Michaela about like, oh, yeah, um, you know, I think Jessica really likes you. But it is a little bit like there's less of the bro codiness of it, right? Where, oh, I shouldn't be telling. But I think it's more like, if I'm remembering right, Bella's like, I'm not interested Oh, but Jessica you know, I think is. Jessica really likes you. You could, yeah. and then Mike is like, "Oh, hot girl, awesome! I'll go talk to Jessica." Right? Mm-hmm. I believe is how that part plays out. But then the Logan, Lauren, <laughs> Taylor, Tyler of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the same situation where Tyler uh, runs over uh, Bella and then is like, 
let's and then later tries to ask her out and be like let's go not even ask her out because it is also a girl's choice dance in twilight Mm -hmm. but he's like oh i wanted to give you the opportunity to ask me out basically like or no i think he does ask her out and she's like isn't it girl's choice and she's like what and he's like well um and she's like no thanks i'm not going i've got plans and he's like well how about prom then and she's like we'll see and then because the ending is so totally different because in, in the ending of Twilight, everyone goes to the prom, right? Everybody goes right? to prom with Bella. Everybody goes to prom. Yeah. Edward goes with Bella. And uh, I think Tyler, like, still thinks that they're going to prom together and just is, like, Tyler's dis- just forgotten about it, I think. Yeah. Um, but obviously in this version, like, that, if you follow the resolution for... <laughs> yeah, that won't work out. That would yeah. be a mm-hmm. real bummer. The end of this book is absolutely, like... Yeah. I, I I have not read the uh-huh. other Twilight books, so uh-huh. I cannot say. Let's just, I'm just going to spoil this here. So at the end of this book, Bo does become a vampire, yes. which I think is Stephanie's way of being like, uh, yeah, that would be like what, a cool what if new ending to this book, but also like now you guys now you guys know that this is what happens with Bo and Edith, and we can kind of like write this off. On. We're done now. Yeah. Yes. Um, Bo becomes a vampire at the end of this book, and he has to. Uh, become dead to his parents so they do stage his mm-hmm. death here's the thing the if, if you guys remember from midnight sun or if you just remember from twilight in general uh the end of the twilight books and with uh or the the beginning of the action uh the the one of the vampires starts hunting bo bella and uh will not stop until bo bella is dead and there is a series of events that basically end up with Bo Bella being alone with that hunting vampire, getting the shit kicked out of them, and then the colons coming and saving the day. However, in this book, they come too late. No, no. Bo leaves five minutes early. I'm sorry. I'm because, so sorry. Bo leaves five minutes because earlier. Because I did check, and it <sighs> was the in the original. No, not the bathrooms. Oh. The bathrooms is the same. Okay. It's because the plane, and literally all that she changes is... She, they're both sitting there trying to decide when to make their break for it. Uh-huh. And in Twilight, it says that, oh, I've got 30 minutes left before the plane lands, but then it's uh, it is coming in early, and it's going to be 10 minutes, and i got to make my break now, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In <laughs> Life and Death. In Life and Death, it's the exact same line, but it's 35 minutes, and then the... the wow. Like, it's pushed up, so it says five minutes. The it's the only difference. It's not any difference in their choices or anything. It's just, I guess, because everyone's genders were swapped, the pilot was a woman now, and, and so she was more capable and able to get there faster. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Women are always more capable. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so sorry. Bo Bella leaves five minutes earlier to the meetup, and so th- by the time the Cullens catch up and beat the shit out of this hunting vampire, it is too late for the the bad vampire blood to be sucked out of Bobella and Bobella becomes vampire. Bobella is asked to make the choice. Yeah, but you could either die, die or, or live forever. What is it what is a 17-year-old going to do? Thus the title of the book God. Life and Death. Here is here's death. the choice. Bobella becomes vampire and uh, because of the rules of vampire culture, you have to become dead to everybody that you knew. The last words that Bo Bella said to Charlie, the father, in order to, because, because Bo Bella is worried that uh, her parents are going to become collateral damage in this hunting vampire thing. 
she tells Charlie that she fucking hates Forks and it's a small town and she doesn't want to waste her life and become a deadbeat like him or whatever. Basically, the most hurtful things that she can think of, the last words that Bobella's mom said to Charlie before she divorced him and left and whatever. And uh, and <laughs> the next thing that Charlie knows, Bobella goes missing for a few days and then they get word that Bobella is dead. <laughs> yep. So Charlie now, for the rest of his life, has to live with his son's last words to him being, I fucking hate you, I hate this town, I hate living with you, yada, 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 and then and yep. then ends up dead. But here's the thing. God. I like this ending better. That's fucked up. I mean, yeah. I like this ending better. I like this better because I like that in the whole, not necessarily compared to the ending of Twilight, but the ending of the Twilight series, a big complaint that I had as an edgy teenager mm-hmm. was that, like, everything was too perfect for Bella. Of course, right? of like, course. She, everything was with a nice little box, and she got to keep Charlie in her life. She got to keep Renee in her life, and she got to keep, she got to have a kid. And then she got Renesmee. Like, and she got Renesmee, and she and uh, Edward could go fuck in their ca- cabin as much as they wanted, and other people would babysit the kid all the time because they don't have anything better to do. Um, and she got to be BFFs with Jacob still. So, like, all everything is perfect for yes. Bella. And I preferred this ending of it being something like, there has to be consequences you gotta get something up dude like, yeah i just i feel so bad for charlie who did nothing oh yeah, for sure did nothing well, wrong I mean, he except was also love his father. son uh he also was like it's fine for my kid to stay with renesme because renesme or renesme renee <laughs> needs that's true it's fine it's fine for Bo to stay with Renee even though it's a bad relationship it was the 80s baby needs, yeah. it was the 80s what was I mean, he was gonna the 90s do by parent that point. it was parent it was the 90s by that point yeah that's true what was he gonna do parent <laughs> I was very distressed uh and I texted you this also to realize that Bo Bella mm-hmm. is supposed to be two years older than me I was like Barf. yeah uh did you that's wild. I mean like she was in this book though we would be far, far closer to the age of Charlie and Renee than yeah. Bobella. Yeah. Because they were, they had Bella at 20. So they're 37. <laughs> Shut up. Yep. Shut up. Just so, so, so Bobella is two years older than me, but it, the parents are three years older than me. <laughs> Bobella, if Bobella's, if we were tracking Bobella's story up till now, yes. Bobella would be. A couple years older. Yes, the same you know. age that Charlie and Renee are at the if beginning of the series, basically. you, as you are now, into this book, yeah. you would be close to age of Charlie and Renee. Okay. If you were dropped into this book mm-hmm. now, as you are, what yeah. would your role be, do you think? Um, I mean... Would you be, like, Voltari? Would you be hanging out with the Cullens as the vegetarian vampire? Would you be Well, if, are we saying wolf? if we're dropped... So, so... Not just drop me into the book, but I get to pick. Yeah, you get to pick. This okay. is this I'm thinking is like if you drop an me, anime. human me, yeah, where you... as I am now, I would be like the teacher being like, Edward, why are you sniffing that girl? <laughs> Please. <laughs> would probably be where I would be at. Yeah, yeah If yeah. I got like full pick, uh-huh. um, probably I'd want to be with the Volturi in this version. Mm. I think they seem the chillest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because basically like for the... The one that fucked off and book, was like, mm, I'm not going to do the hunting. Yeah, like, no, 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 that's not the Volturi. Oh, sorry. I don't, I'm not yes, a hard. I'm sorry. I know. The Volturi <laughs> is the, like, uh, vampire government. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That are, like, in Italy. Uh-huh. And in this version, in the original version, like, it's three dudes who are in charge, and they're real sketchy and kind of creepy. In this version, um, one of those dudes is still around. The two creepy ones uh, got put down by uh, the wife of the one who's still around mm. and the wife of one of the ones who 
they can. Yeah, so they'd probably be um, real nice. Yeah, so basically, like, and that's kind of, because that's kind of the thing with the ending of this book. Um, I know you mentioned it's got, like, a hundred endings, basically, right? This is, like, the last Lord of the Rings movie, I swear to God. So because because Stephanie Meyer was like, this is the only one I want to write in this, uh-huh. she, A, had to type a bunch of threads that, like, Twilight people would have been asking about, and B, wanted to, ch- like, shove in a bunch of information mm-hmm. that wasn't Easter included eggs. in Twilight. Yeah. It was in New Moon or Breaking Dawn or Eclipse, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we got everybody's backstory at the end here because she was like, well, I gotta say what their backstory would be in the gender swap, right? But that didn't happen in Twilight. That happened in other books. Mm-hmm. So she's just, like, piling it all in here. And then we've also got, like, the, the resolution with the... longest epilogue of my life. The longest epilogue of your life. We've got the resolution with the werewolves happening here where basically, like, the werewolves reveal themselves and are like, hey, you broke the treaty. And uh, they're like, no, we didn't because we didn't bite Bobella. Yeah. Someone else we did. We killed it's- the guy that bit Bobella. It's fine, Woman, right? Um, the vampire. So that that has to happen here instead mm-hmm. of the werewolves, like not even existing yet in Twilight. They're still like just a myth. Um, and then we also uh, Edith does like a whole dump about like vampire culture. And here are the, the laws of society and the laws of the Volturi and all yeah. this sort of shit. Here's your favorite so, like, dream get, of a history lesson. Yeah, we get all of this, like, world building at the very end because that was stuff that was, like, sprinkled throughout the rest of the series. But Stephanie Meyer, for some reason, was like, no, I need to explain how it would be in the gender swap right now. Um, just which, just yeah, so I would I would want to be one of the, the Volturi because yeah. in this version they seem, like, pretty chill. They'd probably be good guys. Yeah, I yeah. think they seemed fairly nice and not shitty like they do in uh, Twilight. Mm-hmm. What about you? Who would you? I would definitely. I would hang out with the Cullens for sure, but I'm not doing that high school shit. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going back to high school. I'm going to be, I, I don't think, I don't know if I'd be working at the hospital, but me, maybe me and Ernest just be hanging out around yeah, my house I was doing you shit. And Ernest at home. Just hanging yep. out, me and Ernest. Because uh, you know what? Ernest needed more lines. I feel like uh, as the stay at home husband really got shoved away in this, like, Stephanie Meyer was like, you are not a thing that can exist in my reality. And then took away all the dialogue that Esme had. <laughs> I think that you're misremembering how much dialogue Esme had. Maybe because I've only I only remember Midnight Sun, in which Esme was a very major character. Yes. For Esme does not have much dialogue in gotcha. the OG. Yeah. Um, so I was actually like, oh, it kind of seems like Ernest talks a little bit more. Hilarious. Hilarious. I need to turn off my AC because it's really picking up. Yes. I do that and then I will come back with my thoughts. I'm all alone here. I could do anything I wanted. I can still hear you, bitch. Damn it. (laughs)